Hello? Okay, can you hear me now? I can hear you fine. Okay. Welcome to back. <laughs> Welcome to New Beginning Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Carmen Emanuel. And joining us today will be Marcella. Welcome, Marcella. How are you? Girl, I am glorious, glorious, glorious. I'm glad to hear that. I'm so glad to hear that. How is your day? Oh, I've had better days, but you want to know what? I'm here. I'm happy. I'm blessed. I cannot complain. No need to complain. Tell uh, uh, tell Ken to go away. <laughs> he can't go too far. Around in the background. He, he is snoring <laughs> and he's not feeling good. Oh, he's sleeping. No. He just want to be Kane. Oh, okay. Well, well today we're to gonna be <laughs> okay. But today we're gonna be we're gonna be discussing life as a single mother, motherhood, emptiness syndrome, all that good stuff. Girl, let me go outside so everybody can hear me talk. <laughs> 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 You stay right here. <laughs> I'm outside in the rocking chair, girl. Let's get it going on. Honey, I have to go Talk to me. Tell me all about your troubles. So, well, it's not, it's not really trouble. Like I said, yesterday, this week has been a very busy week for me. Um, But yesterday, it was even better because... To come home, okay, well, you know, of course, we're going through this this COVID, so I haven't been able to get my nails done, my feet done, nothing done. It's just been, just when I tell you yesterday I needed my feet done, I needed to sit in this chair and just pamper myself. Oh, did you and get I did. a glass of wine, too? But I didn't do the wine, because I didn't need anything. You, you know, I don't drink, so I didn't need any, any wine. I just had my nice glass of cold ice cold water and I love it and I was just sitting there and he said well what do you want done I said I need a pedicure I said and don't judge my feet because it's been since what February since I had my feet done yes I said don't don't judge he said no I'm not gonna judge I said oh you ain't seen these things yet I said look like I'm (laughs) girl I went in there and just rolled up my pants, took my shoes off, my socks off, and I just sat down in that hot water. And I tell you, it felt so good. Mm-hmm. I was like paradise. So sitting there and you know, get my feet done. And I'm he's trying to talk to me. And I'm like, sir, I'm not trying to be rude, but I really don't need you to talk. I just need you to do my feet. I said, here's the color, which is all white. Just polish it, cut the toe, the toenails down. Just give me the workout. And he was like, oh, okay, no problem. I said, and please don't think I'm being rude because I'm not. I just need peace and quiet. So I just put my headphones in my ear. And I just went to work. He just went to work and stuff for like that. Well, anyway, I came home and my house was clean. Because I hired somebody to clean my house. Yes, somebody came and cleaned my house. Yes. 
Miss Michelle, she oh. came over, she cleaned my house for me, and I, I truly enjoyed it. Well, I came home, and not only did I have a clean house, but girl, I also had shucks seafood waiting on me. Oh, mm. my friend bought it for me, dropped it off. And when I tell you, came home and it was just divine. Mm, when I, I stood over that sink and I ate and I had juice running down my hand. <laughs> and it was just, I just went to work on that, on that seafood. And it was so much. I didn't expect so much. It was like, I want to say I had like about seven crabs. What? Whole crab. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. It was, I think it was seven. It was either seven or eight, but it was too much. I couldn't eat all of it, but it was so good and so juicy. And I was oh. like, oh my gosh, this is what I needed. I'm telling you, the juice is running out my hand. I'm just licking the juice off my hand and everything like that. My forearm, I didn't care. I didn't have nobody to share with. Nothing. Hold on. Where's my baby E at? He was gone. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know where he went. He went somewhere. I don't know where he went. Yeah. See, that's the problem. We got grown behind kids, leaving us behind, not thinking about mama at all, all the sacrifices we've done for them. Uh, Oh, okay. Do you think I'm complaining? I mean, mine's been grown a long time. Okay, well, mine just got wrong. I'm not complaining. Yes, I'm not complaining. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. When he first went off to college, you got to admit, when you were running around your house naked as you wanted to be, because that's true freedom. And I'm telling all the people out there, that's true freedom. Honey, you can feel good. You didn't have nobody judging you. The first, no, well, the first, when I dropped him off, I cried. I ain't gonna lie. I cried because we've been together for so long. It's been we've been together for 17 years. And you went through and the ups then, and downs and everything. Then, yes. And, out each other. yes. and to drop yes. him off to college was because your buddy was being leaving just you leaving you. Well, and, and not even that, but it was like it was like the the other, you know, like the better half of me was gone because you know we put in so much, especially if you're a single mom, and you know, and and I'm a single mom of one, you're a single mom of one, but just imagine if you're a single mom but you have more than one kid, how much, <clears throat> how much um investment you had that we just neglect ourselves, and I didn't realize I had neglected myself that much until he was gone. I had to find out who I was all over again. You want to because it was 17 actually, years of just me and him. I got to back you up on that one. I got to back you up. Only because of this. When we really decide, when we decide that, oh, my baby is leaving me and I, the house is going to be empty, it ain't when they actually leave. It starts in high school, baby. Because we start looking at that thing and like, oh my God, he's a freshman in high school. What the hell happened here? And then you look up, he's a sophomore. My baby really grown up. 
Then even that junior, oh, stuff, he's going to be leaving me now. What am I going to do? We panic almost. This starts in the high school years. So I well, no, because you start no, looking, not, not, you start no, not for me. No, not for me. Because when my my son graduated from high school, they had to put me in a cage because I was still I was I'm a I wanted to make sure my baby was safe. Nobody was doing this and that because I know he was going to be moving on, but I felt that he was going to be leaving me behind. And I mean, I just. All the sacrifice that we do, some of us, and I'm one of them, I went a little overboard on my child. I didn't overindulge him in material things. I overindulged him in me. Everything I did, I wanted my son to experience everything that there was to experience, just like any other mother would do. I would find everything that's free and everything that's cheap. But thank God I was a, a, a bus driver. And I had all kinds of discounts and I was able to take family members with me as well. So, you know, we did some family things. But when my son graduated from high school, yeah, I was crying because that is a big milestone in any child's life. But I was crying that, oh my God, my baby is almost an adult man because I didn't think of him as an adult until he was about 25. And I was wrong for that. I truly was because I was still trying to say, oh, let mama try to wipe your nose. You catching a cold and you need to take this and honey, you're not wearing the right clothes. And I was still that type of person. I was still buying his clothes and he had to tell me to stop. And, I, and he was 21 at that time. And he's like, mama, I know how to dress myself. I've been doing it all my life. I said, yeah, with the clothes that I bought you. But he said, no, mom, it's the clothes that I chose that you bought me. He put me in my place nicely. You know what I mean? It was a reverse parent type thing. But he learned how to talk to me without hurting me so I won't hurt him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got he you. To other, like, he talks to He comes to me as a, a young man and says, mom, what you've done is not right. You didn't, you know. You need to back up off of this a little bit. You know, went a little overboard. And I'm like, all right, son, but you got to explain to me, how did I do that? You know, he said, because you just be a mom. He said, you're doing your mom thing again. I'm like, okay, son, I understand. I understand. I, I back up. And I do that with my nieces and nephews now. Well, I see, that's I'm the difference between you and me, then, because our, our parenting skills are so different. Because for my son, he had to learn to grow up faster than anybody else. Because I had to work. Sometimes I was working two jobs. So he had to learn a lot on his own. And thank God that nothing bad um, happened to him or he he ended up, you know, going down the wrong road. And I, I truly believe that there was nobody but God that held us together. But I didn't have a choice. I had to work. It was either work or be on the street. I understand that. I work two so, jobs sometimes, but I I was the type of parent, even though I had all of that work experience, is what I call it. I was blessed to have a family that supported me during all my trials and tribulations. I had grandparents 
who wanted to step in. I fought them in the beginning. I'm like, you guys are elderly. These are your golden years. You should not be looking at a, a little two, three-year-old. They said, no, baby, you need to be the best person that you need to be. And only way that you're going to find out who you are, you're going to have to let us do what we do best. And that's be parents. We raised our children. We even raised a few grandchildren. It's no problem with a great grand. What a two-year-old going to do? And they were already in their 70s when this happened. And guess what? It worked for me. I was blessed. Very, very blessed. My grandmother, God rest her soul, stepped right in, whipped that boy into shape because, yes, he was a bit spoiled. And my grandfather stepped in. And he would save the baby every chance he got. If he, he cut up, he's like, come on, son. We got to get away from these girls. You know these girls trying to kill us? <laughs> I was Yeah, blessed. but that's what I'm and saying. Every Everybody, every every everyone has a different background in growing up. Everyone has a different um, view of life. Everybody has their own perce- perception of what how they want their kids to grow up and who's to step in and stuff like that. Um, I had my sister. She did her. She did a lot for me and Elijah. She would come and get them on, the, on in the summer and stuff like that. I was the middle one. I was in the middle between Miami and Virginia, and it was me. It was her. It was my sister that came when I got sick and I couldn't walk. I couldn't do anything. She came all the way down here from Virginia to get him. So we all have different. People and you know that that was that was there for us, but for me, being here in in Georgia, I was by myself. So that was lonely too. That was hard. That was the hardest part of my. The hardest part was being here by myself. You people said they're your friends. They're not really your friends. No. Some of them are not really your friends because then some of them turn their backs on you and stuff like that. So you actually had to learn to I I can't say we I had to learn to stand on my own two feet. And it made well, me the woman that I am today. That strong I, woman. Let me ask you this. Okay? Let me ask you this. In your bed at night, while you two were growing up together, that's the way I look at it with myself and my Robert. We grew up together. The Two of you together, but at night he's asleep in his bed and it's dark in the in the house. Okay, just just work with me here. And you're lying in bed and you're staring up at the ceiling. How much fear was coming out of that body, lying in that bed? What was the fear? a lot? I would I would not lie to you. It was a lot of fear. The fear was the fear had to be humongous because I know with me a lot of times I would cry. I had got to the point where I had to take all the mirrors out of my house because I was just throwing things because I was so scared. It got me angry that I want to be with my child. I know I need to be with my child, but I can't do it because if I don't do it and I have a special needs child, I didn't get the assistance that a lot of people thought I should have. I had to bust my butt in order for my child to get Everything I paid for his medical. They were taking money out of my check so big 
about his medical situation. I had to work a second job, sometimes a third, just to put food on the table because I didn't get food stamps. I didn't get Medicaid. I didn't get this and I did not get that. I drove junk cars. I didn't get a new car until my son was out of high school. And it was still used, but it was new to me from a car dealership, a real one. It got stolen months later, but still. But, <laughs> I bought a but brand new a car. Part, but that is a part of growing up because you, you learn uh, from those things. And then it make I, you a stronger person now? You want to know what? Before what happened to me, I thought I was truly a stronger person. But it prepared me for this time period. And I, I realized that there are certain things in your life that happen. It's preparing you for something else. Because if you can come and break through or walk through or however you go through it and get to the other side, you know that is not going to come back on you because, hey, I already conquered you. And it's a step forward to the next conquest. So, you know, you set your sights on your dreams and your goals and this and that. I try my best every day to reach a goal. I may not make it, but you want to know I don't get angry anymore. That's the only thing. The anger is not in me for things that happen in my life. Do I get disappointed? Oh, heck yeah. That disappointment is strong. But I have to get through that too. And every day I have to pray, God, if there is something in me that you don't like, take it out of me. And it may take, you know, it takes some time. And I got to work through that. But I got to have help. And that's well, what, the only thing. Okay, you said something like you said you had to take all the mirrors out of your house why did you have to take the mirrors out you didn't like looking at yourself or did, did you not. feel like you was a failure i looked at myself at times sometimes as a failure a complete disappointment depression was my friend then i didn't know that and i turned into an alcoholic i'm not ashamed of it that was my life that's my story Nobody can take you from me. I'm an alcoholic. Okay? I ain't completely dry because there's every now and then I have my drink. Okay. But I don't drink nowhere near. I mean, nowhere near. Like I what can to. I say that I commend you for owning up to, to that? Because a lot of people feel like if they say something like that, then they are considered as a failure and they're not. So I commend no. you for saying that. But when you're an alcoholic and you drink a lot like that, you do feel at time like a failure because you don't want to be drinking like that. But it's in you. It's in you. How you feel about yourself. How you do to yourself. And you don't want to hear others say, oh, you just, you laid up here all drunk up and this, that, and the other. No. Or, you know, Sloppy down drunk. That ain't working. That's not what you want to hear. Tell Mama we on the video. 
remember we on video. We on video. And, see, and that's another thing. That's a key word right there. What are you thinking? That's what when you're an alcoholic, you think people don't realize alcoholism, it may be they call it a spirit. It is a spirit because it's a broken spirit of you. You don't want to think. You don't want to look at yourself. You don't want to look at how you are perceived, your steps in life. The things you have done can break you, even though it could be the right thing. But you feel, oh, I did it because it was necessary. But then you can't deal with the outcome. And that's what happened to me. I couldn't deal with some of my outcomes. I really couldn't. And what so was, what, okay, so what was one of the worst, what made you pick up the bottle to drink? My worst? What was it, what, what was it, what, what pushed you to that point? Getting pregnant. So were you drinking while you was pregnant? Oh, no. No, 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 okay. no. I did not touch one drop. Not one drop. But getting pregnant and having my child and the situation that I put myself in with his father, I tried and tried and tried for us to be, but he didn't try. And I just closed my eyes to a lot of things that he did. And I allowed some of the things that he did to me to fester. And the only way I could deal with the day in and day out, because I didn't want my child not to have his father in his life. Because I always thought his father would walk away from us. And um, it would. It was just hard. It was a 17-year-long alcoholic fight. 17 years. We lived together. We lived apart. We lived together. We lived apart. We would argue. He never put his hands on me because he knew there was a bullet with his name on it. And he didn't know if it was going to come from me, my brothers, my daddy, anybody. He wouldn't put his hands on me. But I felt that I wanted to have what I had grown up, a mother in the house and a father in the house. Because that was the only way I knew. I, I think that's what a I lot knew. of people want. I think that's what a lot of young people, I think this is what a lot of us wanted. We wanted to have what we saw growing up, which was the mom and dad in the household. I think that's what it was. But. And, and that um, was not reality. That's it it not wasn't. Reality. It wasn't. It wasn't our reality. It wasn't, it, well, I can't say our, I'm just going to say it wasn't my reality either because when I found out that I was pregnant, I really didn't want any kids. I was more of a traveling person. I was always gone. Get up and go. Carmen, you want to go here? Let's go. Let's go. I'm the, that, that was me. When I found I was pregnant, I was like, dang. You did, when you got pregnant, you was probably like, oh, man. When I found out I was pregnant, I called the abortion clinic and made an appointment. I lied to you not. No, but you know what? That is so funny because this that is so funny because that is how that is so 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 um similar to what I did. Because I was on my way to South Carolina. 
and I woke up the next morning and I had a, a the bed was full of blood. I had to be rushed to the to the hospital. Um and they they was like they rushed me in there and it was like one of the fibroids ruptured. And I remember the lady told me if I would have went there and got it done, I probably wouldn't have made it alive. So I ended up on bed rest almost my whole entire pregnancy. I was on bed rest. Honey, I didn't want to be pregnant. That was my thing. But I got pregnant. I was on the pill. And I got pregnant. The only reason why I have my child, and I, I'm, this, is, this is not hard to admit because it's the truth. My cousin wanted me to have a child. He never could have children. And he promised me. He said, if you have this child, I'll be there for you every day of that child's life. You will never, ever have to worry about a thing. That was my oldest, my oldest cousin did that. And I had that child. And he kept his promise. And to this day, he's kept that promise. My son is 30 years old. And my son still sees and hears from him every day, 30 years he's been on this, on this earth. I cannot say that my son has not been blessed with just the, the best men that I know and love. As mentors, somebody that loved him, brought him into manhood better than his own daddy could have. But I'm serious. That bottle and me made love for 17 years. 17 pitiful, miserable years. And I'm so not what made you I, put it down? What made me put it down? The last mirror in my house. I'll never forget it. I had gotten drunk that night, went to bed, and I did not realize that my mother and father had came and visited me in my house. I had bought a house by that time by myself. And they they parked in the driveway. Didn't know that my mom had brought me up. I always wanted a full-length mirror for my wall. She had brought the full-length mirror. They had been gone back home by that time, back to Georgia. And uh, I went to, I staggered over to get some clothes on, and the covers dropped off in this mirror. And I looked at myself. I was completely naked. It was 3 o'clock in the morning. I was completely naked. And I looked at myself. I mean, I was tore up. And I looked in this mirror. And it, I thought that mirror was talking to me. I was so drunk. I thought that, you know, the mirror was really talking to me. And I, I just freaked out. I started screaming and hollering and stabbing at the mirror. And it got to the point where I couldn't handle anything. And I called my mama crying. And I said, Mama, I can't do this no more. I just can't do this. And she says, baby, what is going on with you? It's three in the morning. I said, Mama, I, I can't do this no more. She said, are you drinking? I said, yes, ma'am. I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself. I mean, I just made a mess of everything. And I told her that. I just made a mess. And she, she's like, she didn't hang up on me. And I was grateful for that. 
It was kind of hard on me to admit that I I, I drank as much as I did. My hair was all over that place. I was I was naked as a jaybird, and I'm screaming and hollering. And my mom is trying to calm me down, and she's trying to call the police or somebody to come get me because I could not handle it anymore. I done drank myself into going crazy. And that was it. I dropped that bottle of cold turkey right then and there. After that, I called off from work. I said, I need a week's vacation. I needed to detox. I got rid of every bottle that I got. I had in my, my house. I was giving away good alcohol too. Straight liquor. <laughs> I did not drink the fluffy stuff. I drank the hard, that hard, hard stuff. And I gave every bottle away. I locked my myself up in my house, mm -hmm. closed all the blinds, stripped myself completely naked. I walked around naked the whole time because I needed to see myself, to see what kind of person I had turned into. By that time, I was so thin, you could see my bones, my bone structure, but I drank more than I ate. That, that, that's ridiculous. I just, no, no. I mean, I had a house full of food, and guess what? I didn't eat it because the alcohol was more important because the disappointment that I put in myself was more important. The I couldn't handle life. Life was not, I felt it was not kind, kind to me. But guess what? That was me doing that to myself. You got me. You know, and... Okay. You mean you talking about a girl that got a pass? Oh, I can tell you. But that's the hard part. That's how I was handling my disappointments. My mental health was created by myself. I created my own mental health. And my grandmother, she saw it. She really did. She saw it. She even, I got so drunk once, I even talked crazy to my grandma. She knocked me out under the breakfast table. I mean, she just took her fist and hit me dead in my head. Knocked me clean under the breakfast table. And told everybody to leave me there. When I woke up, I was on the floor. She said, you gonna talk right now? She wasn't playing. And I mean, she didn't just knock me out for a few minutes. I got knocked out blacked out but when I finally woke up from all that alcohol I realized the danger that I put myself in well when you was the doing all of this where was Robert Robert thank God my grandmother saw me getting alcohol you know going through the alcohol problem she stepped in and took my child she saw it before everybody else did. But I went to my grandmother and I said, Grandma, and this is this is something that was really crazy. I said, Grandma, you saw that I was going down that alcohol road. You saw me going. Why didn't you help me and stop me? She said, For what? For what? You were gonna go down that road whether I stopped you or helped you or not. 
because you were so pig-headed about the things going on. You had all the answers. I had to let you see you had not man answered the first because you didn't even know what the question was. And during this time when you was going through this stuff, was where was Robert dead? Robert's dad was, I have to admit now, I'm not going to bash the guy. When it came to Robert, he was a, a decent father to him. Robert didn't want for anything. He spent time with him the whole nine yards. But when he was making demands, you know, I want your mama to be here. We got to act like, you know, he would call me, oh, we, he's doing this and he's doing that. And I think we need to be together and all that. And I said, no, we don't. You can sit on your side of the auditorium and I'll sit on my side of the auditorium. Fine. Because even at the graduation, he, he stood up on the side of the, the bleachers and I was in the bleachers. I didn't want nothing to do with him. And I said, here it is. I'm treating this man like that. And I done laid down with him. For 17 years. For 17 years, yeah. Now, who should I be more angry at? Him or me? And I was angry at myself. Because I knew better. I allowed this to happen. It's not his fault. It's my fault because I allowed him to do those things. I allowed those 17 years. I could have stopped that at any time, but I didn't. And I didn't. And my grandmother was right. How could you have an answer when you don't even know what the question is? Wow. And I do know there's a times I still don't know what the question is, but I Try to find it. Have you ever just, during that time, did you ever just try to seek, did you try to seek any type of help? Or you just was just continuously to drink and not, you know, to just to try to black out everything that was happening? No, um, I did get some help at one time. I think I was about 28 and I got uh, went to a psychologist and all they want to do is prescribe more and more pills that's all they sold off and Xanax and you know all that look at all this yeah so now we got to pick it up together because it's heavy it's heavy and uh, pills don't answer. If you don't go with phone, alcohol is in some pills. So you got it? Yeah. So, you got it? You got it? I'm going to lift it up. And so how long have you been alcohol? Well, you say you're not fully alcoholic free, but no. How how long did it take you to get back to a sense of normalcy? Let me tell you, when you're an alcoholic, there is no such thing as normalcy. Okay. Okay. It's 
it's a process. It's a day-by-day process. Now, to be able to function properly, that's a whole different thing. And it took me about three years, three full years. I did my job, but I didn't do it to the best of my ability. I was a mother, but I wasn't the best mother of my ability. I was a grandchild, a daughter and a sister, but not the best person of my ability because the alcohol changed everything. So do you think that the alcohol played a part with when you was with the dad, when you was with his dad, or did it... Or was it something that was leading up to it? Like maybe something from your past that could have led up to this? And you, because you never, because uh, you say he never put his hands on you, right? But he no, was just more what? Yeah, was more verbally times. abusive? Yes, very, very. He was, and it wasn't all the time, but he did it slick, like, you know what I mean? He was, when I had started gaining weight, and he would be slick, he's like, um, don't you think that dress is a little too tight for you to be wearing out, Bubba? You got one too many rolls. You like a can of biscuits. You know, and it wouldn't take much to hurt my feelings. I would cry a little bit. He would leave laughing and all that. And I would drink. But see, that's, that, that, I'm, I'm just going to say it, and we're going to be honest here. I kind of find it hard to believe because looking at well, you and your family, uh, how did you end up with somebody like him? Because your mom, uh-huh. your dad was nothing like that. Oh, no. Your brothers no, no, was nothing no, no, like no. that. So how did you end up with, with somebody like him after you had that, that, that role model family? You know, your mom and your dad, your grandparents. How did you end up with somebody like him of all people? And I'm not bashing him at all. I don't know him. Trust, I don't know him at all. But I'm just saying, how how did you end up with somebody like him? With somebody like him, it was trying to fit in. I was just trying to find a place for me to fit in as a person. Because high school was a nightmare for me. And for once, I wanted to fit in. It's like going, oh, that's the cool table over there. I just wanted to fit in, but he was quiet like me. I didn't realize he was out there unlike me. So you, know, you met him in I high school? About him. Wait, hold on. You met, you no. met him at, when, when did you meet him? How old were you when you met him? I was 18. So you, was, you had already graduated? I had, no, I was about to graduate again. I came from Augsburg, Germany with a high school diploma, but the United States didn't honor it. Okay. Even though it was one it was one of their high schools. I went to a military school. So I had to go back to school and I took one class a day. That's all I, I took was one class. And it was a history class. And I'm like, y'all got to be kidding me. Because the history book stopped in 1974. I'm saying, here it is, 85. Y'all way behind. So, Watergate is Watergate. Okay, so, so how did you meet I, him? My cousin, my cousin brought him over. He was a, he, my cousin's best friend. And don't, here I go. 
he took my sister out first. And those two didn't hit it off at all. First warning. <laughs> I'll tell you. Your warning. I am telling you. <laughs> I did not heed. I did not heed. And the next night, he didn't ask me out. I popped up where they were at. And that's how it happened. So hold on. Hold mm-hmm. on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. You ain't gonna overdo it. We, we're not doing this. Uh-huh. Okay, so he No, I wind up at No. He he I dated I No, listen. He dated okay. he dated your sister first. They went on one day. They took out my sister. One day. That's and it. that's it. Then the next day. That's it. Okay. So you said the next day you met you met him the next day? No. Because I didn't see him. Let me go back to the beginning of the story. Well, my cousin came over with his best friend. He took my sister out. Okay. I didn't even see the guy. Okay. I didn't. I was upstairs because I was sick. Sick as a dog. And my grandmother was up there trying to get me better. I had got the flu real bad. And uh, and so, okay, my sister went out. She came back. She didn't say nothing to me because me and my sister didn't have that type of relationship. So I finally got better a couple of days later. My cousin came down again from his hometown where he was living at to visit grandma. Grim came with him again. This time I'm looking like, mm, what's this? You know, he's half black, half Puerto Rican. I'm like, hey, you right up my speed. You know, I do, I do that in a minute. So I was a teenager, hormones. Oh, okay, we hard. get that. Go to fast forward the story, ma'am. I'm getting this getting good. Okay. So in the beginning, he should be my cousin up there. No, no, man, that ain't right. My cousin didn't even tell me that he took my sister out first. So those, he said, no, she's young. My cousin said, no, she's 18. Because I didn't look 18. I looked like I was a 14-year-old kid. He said, no, no, I ain't going to jail. That's jail bait. No, that's 14-year-old kid. I said, no, I'm 18 years old. I'm completely an 18-year-old sticking my chest out and everything. And I'm, I mean, I was chesty then too. And he's like, oh, really? Still, I ain't messing with them. I already went out with one of you guys, you know, and they didn't turn out. And he didn't tell me that he went out with my sister. Still, no, I'm not, not even aware. I said, well, hey, y'all go on about your business. So while they're up there getting themselves ready to leave, I go and tell my aunt, can I borrow the keys to your car? She said, like, right, sure. Bring me keys. And I followed them to the bar to see where they were going to. You followed him and your cousin. Sure did. At 18, sure you followed did. them too. I, I sure okay, did. okay. Come on, I went to a, I went to a Okay, Marcella, keep the story going, honey. Just keep it going. Go. So I followed them to the bar. So the guy working the, working the door knows us. So he's like, girl, what you doing here? I said, well, my cousin... I got a message from my grandma from my cousin. He said, all right, you go on in there and I'll give you five minutes and you got to come on out. I said, bet. I go in there and I knew exactly what I was doing. I went in there and I whispered in his, in his ear. And I told him, if you want a good, meet me at 11 o'clock. You told him what? I didn't hear that part. 
if you want a good um beat, oh. <laughs> meet me. Oh. That's not true. I went after what I wanted. Oh my! He was supposed to be just something. Nice. Yes, I did. He was supposed to be just something to get the, the edge off. At eighteen, he wasn't supposed to be eighteen. I just wanted to get the edge off. But by the time I was eighteen, I had discovered myself. I mean, I mean, truly discovered myself, and I had some fetishes that was okay. That's another segment, ma'am. <laughs> Let's but, stick to this one. But I, but guess what? He took me up. He met me at seventeen minutes after eleven. He was late. He was in the park. We was in the parking lot at the bar. And I'm like, shoot, I'm gonna get the edge off and go on, make it home, and still make it to school on time in the morning. And I did. I got my edge off, if you know what I mean. Whew, I got, I made it rain, girl. I made it. Oh rain. my gosh! <laughs> I, went home, I went home, slept real good, <laughs> really, really good. Man, went to school, and I wasn't thinking about him. I did not hit you with a far thought from me. It was just, okay. I got my edge off now. Oh, I feel much better. Shake my legs out and everything. Back Marcella, the it's too, oh, sometimes God. you got to understand, it's too much. You, it's just, This is really PG, ma'am. <laughs> okay, I, I'm doing it PG. So he's the one who called me. Wanted to go out on the second date. I'm like, you must be crazy. And for almost a month, I did not want to have nothing to do with her. And he called me every day, every night. Wanted to go out with me. I'm like, no. I can't do it. But he wore me down. I mean, by that time, I was getting ready for a prom and all that. Didn't have a prom date. So I knew I could get him to go with me. So I called him up. He was a, At the time, he was working in a mechanic shop. And he's like, yeah, I'll take you to the prom and all that. You know, I'm like, that. But I told him, we ain't doing nothing, promise you. Because I'm just going to this prom, show up, dance a little bit, and I'm going home. That was a whole deal. I ain't, don't touchy, touchy, feely, feely. You don't got what you want. I don't got what I want. That's it. He said, hey, you're making it sound like it's a business deal. I said, hey, I ain't got no problem paying you off. But you ain't getting no more draws from this chick. So we were going to go to the prom. It rained that night. I mean, it poured down rain. I ain't go to the prom. I stayed home. I called him up. I said, hey, I can't go out in all this rain. I'm just getting over the flu and everything. And I'm not going back to no hospital about this flu. So I'm not going to my prom. So I didn't go to my senior prom at that high school. He said, okay. So he told me he already had other uh, plans. Fine with me. I didn't think about it again. But then when I graduated and my cousins and all that showed up at my graduation, he was there. And he was like, well, man, you smarter than what I thought you was. I said, uh, nobody asked you. <laughs> you know, I treated him like a business deal for a good long while. The next time we actually did something, I think about, about six, maybe seven months later. I mean, I, and then I left 
New Jersey altogether and came to Georgia and stayed in Georgia for one year. I didn't think about him once, twice, no time. <laughs> you know, by that time, I was back in my elements. I got my little white boys and all that kind of stuff, and I'm running around Fort Stewart with my, you know, my, my little white boys. Oh, my that. God. I'm fine. Marcella, it's a way of saying things. <laughs> I was just, I'm just telling you, this is, hey, this is, my life is not, <clears throat> it's just blunt. It's just, and I learned that I'm tired of, I took off the rose-colored glasses they, they used to say about me, that I always had rose-colored glasses on. And I never knew what it was until I got older and I see what it was. Even with my relationship with my son's father, it was a rose-colored glasses type thing. All I wore on it and what I saw was a mother and father working together, raising their child to the best of their ability. I haven't it. <laughs> you know, I did not get that. So what made I you got, go in a relationship with him? And then how did your sister feel about you seeing him after they went on a date? My sister did not care. Okay. My sister and I did not have that type of relationship at all. Okay. We couldn't stand each other. So okay, so hold on. So, so did she ever find out did when when did you find out that he went on a date with her? I found out two years later. So you never knew? I did not know. No. Took it two years later. Um by that time I didn't know that he was with somebody else and had gotten her pregnant. Oh wow. Oh, yeah. I did not know anything. This is how private it was between the two of us because he didn't know about, you know, my things with, you know, the other side, you know, the, all the culture. Yes. <laughs> Let me put it politically correct. I mean, I enjoyed all the cultures. Okay. And it didn't, it, but he, he didn't know about some of the things about my, myself either. And so, when I was going back to college and I was going to college in New Jersey and it wasn't too far from him. He would come visit me with my cousin. But, and okay, so hold on. So your cousin knew, your cousin never once told you that he went out with your sister? Never, never once. Wow. And while I was in college, he would take me out partying and all that. We didn't, you know, have sex and all that stuff, but we would go out partying, not at the regular frat parties and all that. No, we went to real clubs. We went to clubs in Camden, New Jersey, and Paulsboro, New Jersey, and, and all those different places. We were going clubbing. I was going dancing. My cousin was with me the whole time. And never once said anything the about him seeing no, your sister. But the, one thing that he, but the one thing he always did was protect me from him, and I should my my flag should have went up there. Your flag should have been up. He always, <laughs> but I, but the thing about it, I was eighteen, and I thought I was smarter than everybody. I wouldn't get hooked up with the wrong man, and this, that, and the other. And I'm going to, you know, I never thought I would get married, and I'm still not married. You know, I never. That, okay. I had dreams of being a, a lawyer and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But 
as I went to college and I saw a lot of things in college, my dreams of being a lawyer changed. And it was out of disappointment. And I had changed my major by that time. I said, you want to know what? I'm just going to be a mousy little accountant like my aunt is and call it a day because these people is going, is it stressing me out? I would argue in one of my classes and the teacher would be, you know, my professor would be upset and call my grandma. Oh, she's being disruptive and this, that, and the other. And they were ready to throw me out of school. So I just changed my major altogether. I wasn't going to get thrown out of school. I'll, I'll let myself fail first. And um, that's how the two of us really got together after that is going to the clubs and all that. I couldn't drink at the clubs and I never did. They would do all the drinking. I was a designated driver. I didn't care. All I would have is, and my dad taught me this little trick, get a Coca-Cola and just let it sit there. And don't you, if you ever leave, don't you ever drink that drink if you left your table. Don't ever do that. You always get a fresh drink because you don't know who or what is been put into your drink after that ain't having it so that's how we really got along and I say about four months later I was pregnant I was pregnant and I'm like oh shoot you already had one girl pregnant she was going to deliver she delivered in December when I looked up I delivered in September so the two boys are nine months apart Raised them like brothers. There was a lot of times I even had that first child with me. So how with my son? How how did it make it, how did it make you feel to know that he had somebody else pregnant? Okay, wait a minute. Let me ask you this question: Were you guys exclusive at the beginning? No. See, that's why I couldn't even get mad because we were not exclusive. Okay. Exclusive came. After his first child was born in December, that's when we really became exclusive. And uh, and when the first young lady found out about us being together, she was hot because she came to me. And she said, I got a ring from him. We're supposed to be getting married. And I was almost floored. I said, married? She said, yeah. And this is, here comes the funny part. His mother arranged all of that. That's how we met. His mama was the one that wanted me to be with her, her son. I said, well, excuse me, but he chose me. That's, isn't that a difference? His mother had nothing to do with this. We chose each other. You know, so I had to read her her rights. I had to show her what is chosen for you against what you want. And when I got done, you wouldn't believe it. We became the best of friends. You and the girl? Yes, I did. Wow. You have, it beats fighting all the time, okay? Because I know I could argue. I could argue to the cows coming. <laughs> and it wouldn't bother me one little bit. But if we work together, it won't be so bad. And why should we be mad at each other when we should be mad at him? That was always my philosophy. I said, some of these women are just so stupid. You get mad at the other woman. 
but you all you need to get mad at him because he knew about the other woman. He was with her. That's what I'm saying. So we became very good friends, and still to this day, we're very good friends. Now, him and I had this long relationship, in and out, in and out. He even went back to her, and they had another baby together. So now he has three sons, one by me and two by her. And then he would come back to me when things got crazy, and I would take him right back like a dummy. Because about that he was time, love. you know. I did my ripping love. Well, you know, I thought that was love. I really did. But love and alcohol don't work. <laughs> you know, because I was drinking heavy. And it wasn't because of him. It was because of me. I used to blame him, though. When I used to go to that psychologist, I was, I was blaming him up the wall, down the wall, inside. I could paint a whole house about the blame game. But the blame brain was on me. That's all to it. It's all on me. I did this to myself. I allowed these things to happen to me. You can't blame the other person. You have a will and you have choices. And I took all that away from myself. That's that's the hard part. And then 17, down, 17 doggone years down the road, and I'm an alcoholic and I'm losing my freaking mind. Now all the pieces start falling together. And by that time, my grandmother was passed on. And so was my grandfather. And uh, now I understood why she stopped. She just took my child and had to do what I had to do. And allowed me to go through the things that I went through. And I can, I can honestly say thank you to her. Because I didn't know what the question was. And everybody has their own question in their life. I found that out. Because even my sister went through a time period. Hers was men. She went through men. We all have that question upon our life that we must answer to. It might be, what am I going to be when I grow up? Will I get married? How many kids will I have? Am I going to be a good parent? And, you know, will I always have finances and this, that, and the other? Or the big question, what is my gift? What can I offer to this world? And that was my problem. I wanted to know what my gift was. Mm -hmm. And so that was... Even to this day, I, I haven't got all the answers to that question that I'm looking for, but I know it's out there. I got a gift for, to offer somebody or something. I got, I'm not trying to be the brightest star shining or anything like that, but I, I want to, you know, get in, not fit in what I can get in, but no, I want to be in, in, <laughs> you know. I don't want to be, oh, I remember. No, 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 no. I want to be just there. I'm comfortable. I'm I'm happier now than I ever have been. Okay, that's good. I just got to get my, I got to get my act together. That's all. And what do you think that is? Well, one thing 
I know is I love to, I, I just look at the things that I, I enjoyed now that I did not enjoy in those years of drinking. I know I enjoy reading books. I know I enjoy writing in my journal. Um, I love music, always have. Even when I was in my drunken years, music was a big, huge thing in me, you know, and uh, I used to love to dance, but I can't do that anymore. Why can't you? But my body will not allow me to do some of the, the dances that I can do. <laughs> but I can do just a little bit, and a little bit's fine. You know, I can't go fuck while I can't twerk or nothing like that. But <laughs> <laughs> trust me, I tried. <laughs> Ooh, those pieces are really rough on me. He <laughs> just told me to sit down. Um, but um, I found out that I really, really, truly love my family. Something that I did not enjoy being when I was younger. I'm in my 50s now. In my 20s and 30s, my brothers and sisters was like a memory to me. I was grown out of the house. I'm doing my own thing. I ain't worried about them. They'll call me and says I need some money, I would send them money and, you know, I'm like, get out my face. You know, that type thing. But now I'm in my 50s. I have my brothers and sisters around me, nieces and nephews. And for once, I'm content because I can look back and reflect on what I've done, not what they've done. But what I've done in my mm -hmm. life. And I look back and there's some things that I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I did that, mm -hmm, girl. You know, and I'm like, you could have got killed on that one. And hey, you messed up a good one right there. <laughs> you know, it's one of those type things. Oh, okay. And, you know, I reflect, I reflect. Do I have regrets? Sure, everybody do. Yeah. But it's your it's your story. It's your memory. It's your life. And nobody, nobody can judge you for that. Because that's what you've done. Own it. I own everything I've done. I, my brothers, they look at me like I was crazy. When I came home in the broken state that I was in, my brothers was always picking on me, but my best friend in Delaware, I'll never forget it. I love Adrian to pieces. She sent me a, a bob. All I needed was the D batteries. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I tell you, all yes, yes, she did. Hold on, hold on. Let me tell you what I did to him. So my brothers looked there, oh, you ain't getting no man and this, that, and the other. We can't trust you because they know what they know pieces of what happened to me. And my brother's like, oh, what you going to do? We know you was out there doing all kinds of swinging on the chandeliers and stuff like that. And I said, I sure was. And they looked at me. I said, I sure was. And every ceiling fan and everything else, you just don't know. It was good to me. And they looked at me like, no, she did not. And my six brothers <laughs> surrounded me. And they said, well, what you think you're going to do now? So what did I do? I took my 
filed from out of my back pocket and slammed it on the grill. And I said, and smoke that. <laughs> and left. I said, and y'all owe me a new one. I sure enough did. They forgot that I was a sister that just didn't get a flip. I didn't. I, I just did not give a flip. You could not hurt my feelings anymore. My feelings have been hurt enough. I done did enough damage to myself where you can't do that to me. I won't let you. I won't let you own up to it. No nothing. So how you like me now? And so, I, like I said, I'm content. My brothers know the limit they can go to with me. They know that I love them dearly, would do anything, and I will fight the devil for them. But don't come at me and think you're going to just move. Ain't happening. Ain't happening. I am not, I'm not trying to protect my heart from anything because you can't do that. You don't know where love is at. You don't know where it's going to come from. All I know is if I was to find that perfect companion, because I'm not really looking for a husband. I'm looking for more of a companion, somebody to travel with. I'm a travel agent, so come on. I want to travel. I want to find somebody that I can travel with. Go out to dinner or go to the movies. Hold, I don't know about the holding hand stuff, but you know, peck, peck here. Why you oh, don't think about not juices, why not the holding hands? Uh, because my hand locks up at times. So <laughs> I, I can't be holding hands. If my hand locks up, I'm stuck with him. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I can imagine coming home with him stuck with me and I, my brother's got a prize apart. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> Your brothers that need to leave no, you alone. It's time for you, it's time for you to do you. Girl, I wish I could do me. But right now, with all the grief that I'm going through, I can't think about myself like that. You know, I'm just going through too much grief. And it wouldn't be fair. It would not be fair at this time period for anybody to walk into my life and, you know, it just wouldn't be because I wouldn't be able to appreciate it. And that's the whole thing. I want a relationship where I can be appreciate and I can appreciate them. Somebody I can talk to. You know, it's just not a sexual thing. I want somebody that's going to talk to me and, and we can laugh at our stupid jokes, not just mine, his too. You know, and do things. I'm not asking for the world. I'm not asking you have to go out and rob a bank to make me happy. You know, find something simple for us to do. Take a day. We ride horses or paintball. I love paintball. You know, I want to go to the paintball. Or we can be going in those, jumping in those trampolines and all that kind of stuff. I don't care. It could be something simple, cheap. Go to the drive-in. I, I would love every moment of it, you know, including going to different places with me. Would it lead to somewhere? If it does, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But as long as I am right now content, but I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. 
but I'm not okay because of my grief that I've been going through, my recent grief. And, it, and it's just too much right now. I, I'm, I'm drowning in grief. But um, I know he's out there. I know he's out there. Keep on waiting for me, baby. Uh, let me get through all of this so you can appreciate me and I can appreciate you. But uh, I, I don't know. What about you? What about when you met his dad? How was that? Ugh. How old were you? What did you do? When I met I mean, when I met his dad. Tell the truth and shame the devil. I don't have nothing to hide. When I met his dad, it was oh, more like it's supposed to have just been like a kind of like a fling kind of thing, just a meetup, kind of, you know, high, going on the date and stuff like that. It was never supposed to have escalated to the part of us having a relation, having any type of encounter, period. It was just somebody okay, to go, just somebody to have to go to the movies with. <laughs> no, just to go to the movies with and have a good time. And, you know, you know, stuff like that. But it was never supposed to have escalated to the point of where we met up in that sort of sense. Nothing at all sexual or nothing. But it happened. And um, do I, I, I don't, I don't regret it because I, I have my son, but I just regret how okay. everything happened. If that makes sense. You mean the after, after the son? No, before, I, I mean, or... this was like, even this before before Elijah, because we was we was friends. We was able to talk and have a good conversation with each other and stuff like that. And then we go we go to the movies and he'll come over to my sister's house because I was staying with my sister at the time. Cause we had just moved down to moved down to Hinesville. We had just moved here. I didn't know nothing about Hinesville. I was the girl that was always gone. When you they come where you at, honey, I'm in Orlando. I'm somewhere. I'm always out. And then he came along and then everything flipped. And yeah, it flipped. And so I was more what is the word that I'm trying to it was more he, he was like more into me than I was into him. And, what, an infatuation? Yeah, because I really wasn't into him because I was still out there doing me. You know, I was still I was still hanging out with, with my friends and having a good time and stuff like that. I wasn't worried. I wasn't trying to settle down with nobody. And one Halloween night, girl went to the barracks. Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm just gonna be honest with you. Went to the barracks and it happened. Oh, he was a soldier. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, oh, he was a soldier. Yeah. Yes, girl. Yes, he was military. Oh, and please tell me you didn't have no music on, huh? Please tell me you didn't have no music on. No, it wasn't no music. We were just sitting. We were just laying in the bed, just talking, and then one thing led to another, and, and your clothes fell off. <laughs> if that's how you want to say it, the clothes, the clothes fell off. And the, clothes, the clothes fell off and the legs. <laughs> yeah, the clothes fell off. And 
I was like, uh-huh. you know, I was like, okay, fine, I'm gone. Okay, let me go. Okay, but my business and stuff. But like that. did that? Was he a disappointment? I'm not gonna say that on. Or he had. I'm not gonna say it on on the radio. No, it's 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 P it's PG. Was he a disappointment? Um, kind of, sort of, yeah. Oh, but I but, still went back because I thought because I thought you know I still uh-huh. went back. I was like, mm, maybe it get better. Okay. It was gonna get yeah, better. Now, I'm, I'm gonna be honest now with me, my. My 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 body count is like at the time I was batting just two. I I wasn't oh, that okay. Yeah, I I wasn't that kind of girl. I wasn't, you know, that person. Okay. I just I just I never be, right. I never believed in just sleeping around. I never did that. That was just not my cup of tea. Um, that's fine. I'm glad you were. Yeah. So I was just. At least we got that in front. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like batting. Oh no, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I was just batting. He was he was my third one. I, it's, okay. It was you know my two high school um, boyfriends and stuff like that. But um, then I found I was pregnant, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, I am not pregnant because mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you, that. I could not, never would I thought I'd ever be pregnant. I was like, I'm not pregnant. You lying. I went to the health department. They were like, congratulations, you're pregnant. I said, take that damn test again, ma'am, because you got the wrong sister. <laughs> and she was like, no, we got the wrong one. It's yours. And I'm like, I said, take it again. So oh, I think I took like three tests. And, the, and the, the, the lady, her name was Linda, Nurse Linda. She said, listen, ma'am, it's all said the same thing. You're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, I cannot believe. I was so mad. I stormed out. I said, I don't care what y'all say. I'm not keeping it. It's gone. And I never told anybody. I didn't tell my sister or anything like that, period. I didn't say nothing to anybody. The only person that knew I was pregnant was um, Val. She was the only one that knew I was pregnant. Val, it was Val and somebody else went with me to the health department. Robin, it was those two. And they were like, Carmen, you're pregnant. It is what it is. I said, I ain't pregnant. They were like, yes, you are. I said, I'm not pregnant. And they was like, tell me, girl, the thing said, pregnant, pregnant, pregnant. It was all pregnancy. And I was like, how did this happen? I said, I don't care. I am going to South Carolina and I'm going to make this happen. And Val was like, I don't want to hear this because Val is a Christian. She's like a missionary in the church. And she was like, God don't make mistakes. Ain't no she just preaching to me and I'm looking at her like, you just shut the H up, lady. I don't care. I don't want to hear nothing about what God got. I, I'm doing this. And she was like, I'm Carmen, this is not this is not of God. You can't do it. And I'm just listening to her. I'm like, whatever. I threw my hand up at her and I was like, I'm out the door. I'm not listening to you. So I left. Made my appointment. And woke up the next morning. No, well, yeah, made, made the appointment. They set it off to like two days later. Woke up the next. The, I woke up in the morning I was supposed to have went and went to the bathroom, and I was just gushing out blood. And then I went back to my bed, and the bed was the bed was was blood. And I was like, how can I be pregnant? I had my period at the same time. And I couldn't understand it. And then went to the, my sister was like, go to the emergency room. Um, so I went to the emergency room and they, they were like, 
um, you have fibroids. And if you would have went there, um, my midwife, she said, if you would have went, she said, Lord knows what would have happened if I would have made it out. So I ended up bed rest, pregnancy, uh, for my whole entire pregnancy, girl, couldn't could eat anything. All I could eat was just ice. Ice, 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 ice. That's the only thing I could eat was ice. That's the only thing that would hold on in my stomach was the ice. And ice, ice. Oh, that's uh, next time I see you, e, I'm going to sing it. Ice, ice, baby. <laughs> and um, nobody knew I was pregnant. Nobody knew I was pregnant. People in the church didn't even know I was pregnant. Oh, yeah, no, oh, I'm telling you, oh, nobody oh, knew besides Val. Val and her family knew, but nobody else knew. And they kept the secret. They kept it. And it wasn't yeah. like I wasn't hiding anything because I wasn't ashamed because I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of person, you I'm, you can't shame me with nothing, period. So I was like, um, you know, when I told him I was pregnant, he was like, he told his first sergeant, it ain't mine. Um, she was known as a as a promiscuous girl. Girl, he dragged my name through the mud on Fort Stewart. And I put my fist in his No, throat. he told them, and then he had people lying and saying, yeah, we had her. She, she was a party girl. And I'm just standing there looking at these people like, I don't even know you people. How? And then, you know, the sergeant was like, well, ma'am, he said... He, he's not the father and these guys are backing him up and I'm like huh and when I tell you that tore me up I was like my reputation was gone on Fort Stewart I was known as the part I was the the whore I was the 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 do it you know the do it do it when you want to kind of girl I had no standard nothing that was my name and my pregnancy was very difficult because it was stressful. Um, I had people, you know, it, it was like I just wanted to just get underneath a rock and just die because of the 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 what he did, what he said, the shame to say that you would actually think that I, I'm that type of person. And for you to sit there and lie on my mm -hmm. reputation and on my name, that right there was just, and I pride myself on my name. You know, I was like, this is me. I'm, I'm not that kind of person. Yes, I was mean. You couldn't tell me nothing. I will fight you in a minute. I'll cuss you out. Yes, that's Carmen Emanuel. That's me. But for you to sit here and sit, and sit here and say that I was a party girl and I was a whore and that I was screwing your friends and your friends was lying for you. Girl, the vindication came when the test result came back that he was 99.9% .9 the father. I knew it. I went back. You are the father. Yeah. I went back on Fort Stewart and I just showed it to them and I said, now, what are you going to do about this, Sergeant Bigelow? And he was like, mm -mm. that was his name. Not not Elijah's dad, the, the first sergeant, the sergeant. He was like, okay, then, but the only thing we can do now is just, you know, let him start. He had to pay child support. Girl, I ain't seen a dime. He got out the military so fast. Because he just did, I guess he didn't want to pay it, or maybe he was ashamed. I don't know. 
but for but for um, he hid, he ran, he left, and I was stuck with Elijah. Yep, for seventeen years with with my son, and like I said, we both grew up together. Me and him, you know, had to do what we had to do. Elijah had to learn to survive on his own while I was at work. And it was sometimes when some of the jobs that I had, I was able to take him with me. But Elijah had to cook for himself. Elijah had to fend for himself. He was in the house by himself. And I had, I don't know if you remember these flip phones back in the day. It was like the flip phone. It was on AT&T where it's like, um, girl, it, it was so bad that it was to the point where I just had to put $20 on the phone and it was like, just call me. Let me know you woke up, you wake up <laughs> and a hang up. And then I call you. Okay. Yes, mom. I'm okay. Okay. Fine. Love you. Bye. Love you too. Click hang up. And he was by himself. He took, basically he raised himself. He did things for himself that a normal four or five-year-old wouldn't have known how to do. He did it. So I'm, and to this day, he's self-sufficient. No problem at all. Yeah, no problem at all. You know, Mm -hmm. but then that was his dad's fault for he missed out. It was just me and him. It was just Elijah and Carmen, Carmen and Elijah. But you see me, you see him. I missed out on so many things, but like I said, it was either survive or die. And it was just, I had to, it was survival. We, we had to, yeah, it was a lot of sacrificing, missing football games, missing basketball game, um, stuff like that. I, I, I did what I had to do. My yeah. sister wasn't here. That's the whole thing. Yeah. My sister was gone to Virginia. So it was just me and him. And then, you know, his godmother helped out when she could. And Miss Caritha was there and stuff like that. And, you know, we, you know, as females, we tag team what we had to tag team. Yeah. And basically it. Yeah. That's, that's the one thing that I have to give my family a lot of credit for. They saw my deficiencies about raising my son, and they they enhanced what I could not do. They brought to the table for my son to be raised to be a good man. They really helped out, you know, with my shortcomings, I should say, mm-hmm. because patience wasn't my thing. I was quick-tempered. I mean wig um very I wasn't forgetful but I would get into my own world and just zone you out that type thing now I never neglected my child I'm not saying that but there was times I looked at him and I'm like I'm gonna kill your father I would never thought I was gonna have to hurt my child but his daddy shoot you don't know how many times I, I dreamed about this, that, and the other. Because I thought that he would be more involved with our lives than he was. I don't believe that he was, but not the things that I thought would happen. Uh, 
Um, my son, I can't hear you with all that noise in the background. That was Tane coming through. And uh, it, it wasn't easy. It was, but then some of it is my fault. You know, something unplanned that happens in your life changed the course of your life. And either you pick up those lemons and make lemonades or just let them sour and just take out you know the what as I said, you know. everything that we every well, I'm just gonna speak on me. Everything that I've done, I'm not gonna I was not the perfect mom, but not at all. I'm not gonna even say it. I was not the perfect mom, but it's still a sacrifice that we all had to do. My mother did it. My grandparents did it. My aunties them did it. They we did what we had to do, and this and that's a part of life. Nobody's happy of the the stuff that nobody thought. I never thought in my forties, six years of life. I had to think about my number. Well, you know that I, I would be right where I'm at right now because I'm gonna be honest with you. When I when growing up, I thought by now I would have been like married. With my high school sweetheart, two kids, mm. and um, enjoying life. I never thought that I would be right here where I'm at right now. And I'm not, not, and I'm, trust me, I'm not complacent at all. I'm, you know that, I'm get up and go kind of person. So I'm kind of shocked that That's I am, wrong. you know, right, I'm not shocked, but it's like, I try to figure out, you know how you look back in your life and you be like, did I make a mistake somewhere along the line? Did I not see something? Was um was was me leaving Miami during a hurricane, Andrew, did that was I, you know, was I supposed to be right where I, I guess when when Hurricane Andrew happened for us in 1992, when I graduated, my life took a total turn. It went, it was supposed to have went straight. I ended up going left, right, backward. I went every which way, turn around in, in, in circles and stuff like that. And I'm just like trying to figure out, well, Lord, why did the hurricane have to happen? Am I supposed to be right where I'm supposed to be at right now? Or am I supposed to be further? Am I supposed to be married? Am I supposed to have more kids? Um, am I supposed to be in a 10 bedroom house you know stuff like this I'm, you know because i've never been the i've never been the kind of person to ever want to be around a lot of people i've never been that kind of person my i'm still best friends with the two same with the with the same girl ladies that i've been friends with in high school i still talk to them we don't talk every day but we still talk and i'm fine with that I never been the I one person really to be around a lot of people. I don't like being. A, I don't like to be around a lot of people. People think I'm crazy. They think, they think that I'm. So, you know, they say, "Carmen, you, you, you the, you the, you the, you the live person of the party." Listen, I'm the live person of the party, but I really do like to be by myself. And you want to know what? I would say the same thing about me, but I'm from such a large family. You get lost when you're in a large family. You, you just 
And sometimes you just got to come out and say, just back up, leave me alone. I want my space. You know? Okay, let's see. And How did I? It was me. Growing up, it was, I grew up with, with my grandparents. And my grandparents had 12 kids. So the thing was, and I was a baby of everybody. The baby, I was a baby. My grandfather, my when my mother delivered me, it was in my in the house, and my grandfather was the one that delivered me. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, it was it, but it was I was a baby, and then he, my grandparents took on me and my sister Charmaine, and and my mom went. My mom, my mom had four kids. My my two oldest sisters went with their dad. Me and Charmaine went with our grandparents. So my grandparents raised us. Mm. Amongst with us, they they had twelve other kids. Well, with those twelve kids, I think it was like nine of them that was still living at home. Mm. Because I think my mom. I, I want to, but maybe, maybe not nine of them. Maybe I would say maybe eight, eight, seven or eight of them was still living at home with them. But it was us, and we. My grandmother made it. I don't know how she did it. To this day, I'm just I'm in awe at how she took care of all of us. Because every morning she get up, my grandmother had our clothes pressed, ironed, and our hair was done every day, freshly done every day. My little mm-hmm. nappy-headed, picky-headed little self was going to school every day with my hair done, <laughs> fresh. And we went to private school. We was in a, we was in private school, so it was like me and Charmaine was going to Current Terrace, and then my aunties then went to Wayne Hospital down in St. Thomas, and then my other aunties then went to Charlotte and Marley, and then we all went. I, I I'm just I'm telling you, I don't know how my grandparents did it. My grandmother worked a part-time job. My grandfather was um was a, a taxi cab driver. And when I tell you everybody knew this man, they knew this man. So we couldn't get away with nothing. The Smith family, sit there and think you're gonna sit up here and act a fool if you want to and think you're you're thinking that my granddaddy ain't gonna know about it. And back growing up, then let's say something out your mouth. Say something out your mouth and see what happened. Because I remember I cussed one day, honey, and I got my butt tore up. By, by my neighbor, by my, my grandparents' friend. She whooped my tail. When I came home, my granddaddy tore my tail up again. My grandmother said, wait till your granddaddy come home. <laughs> Girl, you talking about life? That stuff was funny. And it brought back memories because I missed those days. We used to sit down and have dinner together. That's the one thing I like about being home with my pa- with my one parent that's left, and my brothers and sisters, nieces, nephews. We, when the opportunity arises and the dinner is cooked, we all sit down at the table and we talk. There's no electronic devices, nothing, and we have to talk. We laugh. We do this. We do that. You know, and it makes me feel good. But yeah, that's the, that's the, so. the life that we had. But now, you know, we we all scattered. We all scattered because I left Miami in '92, and I haven't been back. I mean, I go home for visit, but that was it. 
what he sees. But he sees something in them bushes. Everybody's not talking to you. Yeah, they now they discovered where I was at. Well, we would like to thank you guys for joining um, Back to Basic Music Unit Podcast. I am your host, Carmen Emmanuel, and my co host is. Thank you guys. We appreciate y'all listening, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you. All right.